I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And this is the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. And on today's episode, we thought we'd take a look at some of our favorite fighting games of all time. Both of us have come into the episode with what we think uh, are our top five games that we've played over the years. Uh, we may overlap. We actually haven't covered what games we're bringing to the table this episode. I think we'll probably overlap at least at some point with some of these just because of playing some of them together. I'd say overlapping is a pretty safe bet on at least one or two of them, but I think you'll be surprised by at least a few of mine. Oh, very likely. I feel that way, too. Why don't you go ahead and give us your first one? All right. Well, first, I'm just going to start with an honorable mention category here. And I'm just going to throw one out there that I played a ton of back in, I want to say, I believe it was 1999 on the original PlayStation. And that was Tekken 3. And Tekken 1 and 2 I liked, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. I've always been more of a, a 2D Street Fighter type of guy. But when Tekken 3 came out, I mean, it did everything right. It updated the series. I mean, the graphics at the time were mind-blowing. I'm sure you remember that. Well, I remember Tekken Ball, which was my favorite aspect of it. You remember Tekken Ball? Yeah, what was that? Didn't they have like a volleyball game or something built into Heck it? Yeah, you had yeah. to go back and forth with it. And they also had uh, Tekken Force, which is kind of cool. The first, uh, just do a random beat-em-up inside there. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did forget about that. You know, Tekken 3 was a you know a, a great evolution <clears throat> of that of that franchise. And it added... I want to say it had almost twice as many characters as even 2 did. Oh, it did, because it had a new generation in there. They basically, like, all the original characters' kids are about 20 years down the line. They waited for the sequel, storyline-wise. So, you know, they had, instead of Kazuya, they had Jin in there, and they had um, Law and, what was Law's son? Forest Law and Martial Law were the two. So, yeah, they only brought back... Um, basically, storyline-wise, a few of the characters, like Paul was back. Even Kazuya being the main character wasn't back for three, which was kind of weird. I think they had, like, King was uh, supposed to be a new guy under the mask, and they had, I'm sure, Jack 3 in there. But, yeah, they brought, it was the first time Eddie was introduced that I know tons of people love with his wicked dancing. Yeah, he was annoying. And also in Tekken Force, if you remember, I don't know if you played much of it. I played a lot of it, and they had the epic line of, chicken every time you got chicken in there which was pretty cool yeah i don't remember that you don't remember again, that i don't but i only i only played that mode maybe once or twice with you and at that time when i got the game which was probably mid 2000s <laughs> no i i got that game pretty late uh when i was heavy into my uh playing the playstation 1 I pretty much only had Tekken 2. Tekken 3 came pretty late. I only really played that with you. And I've never been too big into the Tekken franchise. Tekken Tag Tournament kind of being the the exception. But then again, that's one of those fighting games that I pretty much only play with you. Yeah, I was going to say, it's only because there's a, a tag mode in there that we can play. But, I mean, we've definitely never been, you know... We're not going to top Evo in Tekken anytime soon. No. <laughs> or anywhere close. But Tekken's always been a fun distraction there. And Tekken 3 was definitely, I put a lot of time into in the late 90s. I think, especially at the time, it was such a, it looked amazing, it played really well, and kind of hit all the right notes for me at the time. It's not really, 
Um, one I'd go back to is why I didn't really put it on the list because I wouldn't necessarily pick it up and play it today. I mean, Tekken 6 is good, but i definitely play that before I would 3. But the rest of the games on this list I would um, definitely pick up and go back to pretty much at any point. So that's why I couldn't necessarily justify putting Tekken 3 on there, but it was a lot of fun at the time. Tekken franchise is a very, it's a, it's a quality fighting series, no doubt. It actually made me think of an extra honorable mention that I hadn't considered, and that was Virtua Fighter 4 Evolution yes. on the <laughs> PS2. I, mean, I thought you might yeah. have that on your list. Not on my list. Not a, not a game I put a ton of time into, um, but definitely along the same vein as Tekken. Uh, very complex fighting mechanics. Uh, that is, so, it was way more complex than Tekken. Virtua Fighter was, if I remember right. Like that was, There was some deep stuff locked away in there. Well, you know, both games seemed like they had 16 pages worth of moves per character, which was pretty intense. Uh, I think Virtua Fighter was trying to shoot to be a little bit more realistic and recreate certain, you know, schools of martial arts as best they could. It felt a lot less mashy than Tekken. Tekken, you could mash your way to success if you, if no one knew what they were doing. I mean, you could be pretty epic just mashing on Tekken. Or Virtua Fighter, you're going to suck if you're just mashing buttons. Unless you're playing somebody else's sucks. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, neither one of us got very good at it. But the Virtua Fighter series, uh, once, once we got Virtua Fighter 2 on, I want to believe that was the Sega Saturn, correct? That came yeah. out on? After Virtua Fighter 2, that series was pretty good. And it's, I, have they come out with one since Virtua Fighter 5 on like the PS3? No, I mean, I think they re-released it for PS4, just a Virtua Fighter 5 uh, remaster, ironically, like last episode we talked about, but I don't think they have. That's a shame. They need to bring that back. And I mean, 4 was, because 3 was a disappointment on Dreamcast, and then 4 was really freaking good, and it was also the first game that I can remember where you could uh, customize what your character looked like, but just adding random stuff to them. Yeah, they also had kind of... They try to kind of like recreate like a an arcade scene in kind of like a story mode where you'd go around to different arcades and you'd challenge the the best players to kind of up your ranks and then earn money to buy accessories to outfit your character. That yeah, was kind of cool. It was the first, and Tekken still does that. I mean, they're not necessarily the arcade thing, but they have the ridiculous, you know, Mickey Mouse ears or whatever you want to put on your character. You pretty much can make them look as stupid as possible. And speaking of making your character as stupid as possible, that's going to bring me to my uh, my honorable mention that I wanted to bring up, and that was Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Oh, it's certainly a fun game. And, I mean, just for the fact that you can create your character and make... I mean, for people that grew up around our age that just love Dragon Ball, that's what I wanted more than anything for the longest time, was to create my own character and be in the Dragon Ball universe. Yeah, it gives you the ability to do that with basically... Any type of costume elements, any type of moves, as long as you're willing to put in the time to actually farm them out during the game's pretty, I don't want to say epic, but it's a pretty long story mode, and there's a lot of, of RNG based on unlocking all of the different characters' moves, such as the Kamehameha, Gallant Gun, Destructo Disc, all that kind of stuff. you got to grind out side missions, which is, I can see why that would be annoying for a lot of people. Uh, as an RPG purist, I appreciated that and enjoyed the grind, but some of it was ridiculous. But I did enjoy the fact that if you put in the time, you could definitely make any character you wanted, as well as uh, giving you 
free reign to kind of build your character any way that you wanted to, as long as the way you wanted to build your character was to be kind of a brawler or someone that did enormous key blasts. But overall, I would say Xenoverse 2 did the best job of recreating a, a 3D Dragon Ball experience that, that I've definitely played to date, and it, it definitely gave me that custom, customization that I was looking for. It's definitely the best one for sure of throwing you, you know, yourself into the story. I didn't put as much time in the first one. I put a ton of time into two, and I love that game. And, yeah, I mean, definitely from uh, just throwing your own unique character into the fold, and you can actually, when you go Super Saiyan everything, your character can look different. I mean, that's just that's just really cool. They don't just necessarily change hair color. They can actually change hairstyles on there, too, and... You know, to grind out Jace's Crusher Ball because Jace is awesome, and you need that for a finisher. I mean, you, you can't to. do that anywhere else. No, absolutely not. One thing I will say about that game is it's not that deep of a fighting game, especially for a 3D fighting game, but I think it, it recreated the Dragon Ball experience, especially for more casual players. It'll, yeah, it'll give you the kind of excitement you're looking for. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it's it's super fun, but you can't – it's not balanced, and there's a lot of moves that are just broken, so you can't really go online with and expect to, you know, bring in Jace's Crusher Ball and expect to compete with people that are using two or three cheap moves. And it's just not a balanced game, but I don't see how it could be balanced when you have that many characters and all the customization thrown in there. Well, you're also basing it on Dragon Ball, which is not balanced at all either, so – that's true. Yeah. It's, the power it's, levels are so ridiculous. At this yeah, point. it's kind of it's kind of the perfect game to represent <laughs> the series. So, so what's your what's number five on your list? I guess we'll stay right on track here, and it's actually a Dragon Ball Z Tenkaichi Two for the PS2. Ah, the grandfather. Yeah, I mean that was the first game that I can remember. Period. And actually, I was playing it the other day, and it still holds up really freaking well. I think even maybe more so than Xenoverse, that feels like you're in a Dragon Ball game. Um, I, I would say the one thing that I definitely miss is the beam struggles. Exactly. Like, you can't do that anymore. And that was, no. we used to freaking plan those out because those were epic. Well, absolutely. Well, especially when we were decking all of our characters out and pretty much all beam attacks, it was bound to happen. <laughs> exactly. No, and that game was freaking hours of fun, and Tenkaichi 1 was good, but 2 took it to the next level, and maybe 3 is the best one. I actually haven't personally played 3. I think 3 is the best, uh, for sure. I thought 3 was more of a, an expansion on the first game. I, I actually never played 2 myself, because I heard that it was like the worst one. I don't know if that's actually true. I don't think so. I think it just added more. It added a lot more characters. Is that the first one we played a ton together then? Yeah, we played Tenkaichi one. Okay. I couldn't remember. Together. I was thinking it was two. Mm-hmm. But I know I never, two is the one I put that. more time into. And it had a pretty deep story mode too. Yeah, that was one of the best parts, going through the story mode, uh, collecting the capsules, and then just slowly unlocking the uh, the entire roster, just like all the characters from the different arcs of the show. Yeah, so I was surprised when you brought up a Xenoverse 2 because I was like, that's gonna. I didn't think that you'd have anything Dragon Ball related on there. What little you know, sir. Yeah, I was what like, that's going you know. right into my first one. There you go. Yeah, that's a good choice. 
Yeah, definitely. What's your number five? I think this one might surprise you, but I do want to state we have talked about it in one of the previous episodes. Very little, okay. though. And that is Virtual On Ortorio Tangram. Ontario Tangram, is that it? Yes. Uh, yeah. For the Sega Dreamcast, uh, that one actually surprised me. It was not a game that came to my head when I when I sat down initially and thought of uh, fighting games that I spent the most time with and that I thought were the most unique. I actually had to sit down and look at a website of fighting games, and I saw it. I didn't even uh, think of that. Uh, that's what I'm saying. But that game was amazing. Like, yeah, that we was... We put a lot of hours into that back on Dreamcast. We both had it. Oh, heck yes. Like, it was, it was literally, like, the perfect Gundam game at that point. Like, if you wanted mech combat that was not sluggish... That That's was, what I was going to say. It's still, it still feels extremely fast-paced today, and actually the graphics still look beautiful. Yeah, it, I, I was watching some video before we got on, and I was like, this is... Because I thought it was fast in my head, and I was like, I'm going to get to this. I'm going to watch this video, and it's going to be super slow. It's going to be this super <laughs> clunky 3D movement that I totally forgot. And, and for anybody who doesn't know what this is, basically, Virtual On is a series of of mech-based 3D fighting games, and they're they're all one-on-one, -on -one and you get placed in this arena. And each most of the characters uh, they have varying movement abilities and, and different types of like weaponry, be it uh, melee or or ranged weapons. And they had some of the the coolest designed mechs that I'd seen in a game that were actually, like, originally designed that weren't originally from... Um, yeah, from an anime or something. Right. Right, yeah, that game was, was sweet. Yeah, that game still is sweet. They actually had a sequel on that I got on PS2 that's not as good as the Dreamcast game. I'm glad I didn't get it. Yeah, it's virtual on Mars, I believe, and it's not near as good as Ontario Tangram or whatever the name of that one is. Ontario Tangram. <laughs> Do you remember what character you played in that one? Did you play the I guy with like the the just like had a bunch of rocket launchers? I played several different people. I played uh, my original favorite was Raiden with the two huge lasers. Uh, I was also a big fan of Spezniff, who has the, uh, oh, the like scythe. the scythe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was pretty terrible, but I always liked him for some odd reason. Yeah, he looked cool. Who was the guy with? Well, he did look awesome. Who the was the guy, guy with, with rocket launchers? Is that Dorcas or someone else? His name is like Steinbach or something. So maybe I you did. I can play picture him, him but maybe I mean, I would say that. Did you main Viper? I remember you playing a whole Cipher. 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 Okay. Yeah, Cipher and Balbados. Remember the guy who used to launch oh, his yes. arms? The freaking that shot little circle beams or. Yeah, he'd like launch his arms and his legs, and they'd be like stationary turrets, and then you'd move around. He was super annoying. Yeah. And then yeah. Cypher, I remember just being so fast that he was super hard to hit, and he, the design was awesome. God, yeah, he was just that super, game. Uh, sleek looking. Now I want to play that. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's the point of these lists to remind us of the games that we forgot from yesteryear. And uh, my next one here is actually. Not that old. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And it's it's not what you're thinking either on the top of your head. And my next one's actually Smash 4. Nice. I and actually think played... that's an underappreciated title. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge Melee purist. I'm also not part of the, the good old Smash community that's uh, hyper, you know, 
they're like their own fighting game community. I'm more of the in the original FGC there, but I, Melee was definitely a good game. I've put the most time period, and I'm sure you probably have too, into the original Smash. Ah, 64, for sure. Yeah, just because it hit at the right time, and we had a lot of people around at that time and a lot of time on our hands. Oh, and we all had 64s. That's true, and yeah. everybody had Smash. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I've played a lot of this, so I actually have it on the 3DS, but uh, my buddy Cube has it on the Wii U, and I've put, we put a lot of time into that game. An eight-player Smash is just a ton of fun. It's not balanced at all, but... Basically, uh, anybody can just pick up play and pull off a decent win. And they have, like, the roster is ridiculous, adding freaking Ryu and Cloud and Bayonetta and all the random people. And screw Sonic, he sucks. But, I mean, basically, everybody you could want in there. And especially, I'm super hyped up for Smash Ultimate coming up. Yes, Ultimate looks ridiculous. That's like the, that's like the dream for, for all the fans now. So... And now yeah, they've, I mean, they got Castlevania in there. Yes, they've, got... they've, they've announced uh, Simon and Richter Belmont. Can't wait for it. I also really liked. I also really liked Samus. And I remember back in the '64 days, I used to make Luigi. <laughs> yeah. That probably won't ever happen again. You know, probably not. In our uh, our Smash group, you weren't exactly the uh, the greatest player on the planet. On I think 64. I I think I won two rounds ever. Two out of like the, the hundred rounds or thousand yes. rounds. Yeah, was, pretty uh, good. But yeah, Pikachu was definitely my main back in the day. Um, 64's throw and kick was just ridiculous. You could basically use the R button and destroy people. But I mean, just Smash 4, it's, I'd say, enough of a reason to own a Wii U if you have people around that are. Uh, if you can get a group together to play with you that they're all uh, like Smash and somewhat competent, that game is a ton of fun. Yeah, I think it's definitely underappreciated. I, I mean, I also liked Brawl, too, but I thought that one was definitely moving in the right direction more than Brawl was. Yeah, I mean, at least they fixed. You couldn't randomly trip anymore when you were running like you could not Brawl. That was, uh, that was a little annoying. Yeah, and then, and then Ultimate, they're going to fix the, the thing that I, uh, I definitely wanted them to resolve, which was the in Smash Ball. I don't yeah, like that's the way that works. Super annoying. Give me the give me the smash meter. That is going to be that's going to change everything. I mean, I Look. think uh, the rest of the games on my list use meters, so <laughs> meter is good. That's right. I'm sure they do. Well, the next game on my list, uh, I don't know if this one's going to surprise you or not, but this is this is my most purchased fighting game of all time, and probably <laughs> the most purchased of a lot of people's. And that is Soul Calibur 2. I don't think that really surprises me. No, I mean, I which which version do you play the most? Would you play like everyone else and use Link the most? Um, I actually played the PS2 version the most. Um, That's the only one I own, ironically. Well, I owned all of them. Uh, I actually like Spawn the most out of all the, the, the uh, guest characters. Soul Calibur 2 was very unique, and it started kind of a trend that I not a, not a ton of games use now, but the Soul Calibur series has pretty much continued to use it since Soul Calibur 2, and that is all of the different platforms that it was released on all got a unique character. Uh, so, for example, Soul Calibur 2, uh, like Buck said, on the GameCube, you got Link from The Legend of Zelda, 
PS2, you got Hihachi from the Tekken series. On uh, Xbox, you got Spawn from the comic book series, which Spawn was a very, very interesting choice. But I and thought he fits he was in perfectly. Cool. No, I think so too. And I, you don't, you don't get to see him that much in games, and he's a, he's a pretty cool character. So I, I was not opposed to that. But Soul Calibur 2, even more so than the original Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast, just had so many more uh, modes of play, which was the reason why I spent so much more time with it. Uh, the big one was they had this mode called uh, Weapon Masters, which was basically like an RPG adventure mode, where you would go through different levels with different characters, and they'd have different challenges like, oh, you're taking a set amount of damage over time, you have to defeat the enemy in the time limit, or you have to defeat them with a certain type of attack. And you'd work your way through these different stages, earning experience and money, leveling up your characters, buying new equipment. So for someone that enjoys a single-player fighting game experience, that was pretty cool, and I actually think it's more engaging than some of the single-player story modes that a lot of fighting games are trying to come up with nowadays. Because they're usually they're usually one trick ponies. You play them once, and they're actually pretty underwhelming most of the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, Marvel's Capcom Infinite storyline comes to mind. It was atrocious. Unless you unless you have like the WB series or the people NetherRealm games that actually make good storylines, and those stories are more fun. I wish the games themselves were more fun, but I like the story modes in Injustice and uh, the latest Mortal Kombat games, nine and ten. Yeah, they actually have some of the more, like, they have cool cut scenes, and the actual story is kind of interesting and well thought out. I like those for that, but they're usually actually pretty short, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. They're usually one to two hours. I think the thing I liked about Soul Calibur 2 is that the story mode, while I did have, a you know, some text in between battles, whatever, it was more about, you know, just the different approach to combat the different challenges kept it fresh and unique going through. Yeah, I remember uh, like being poisoned at one point and just all kinds of uh, weird things that they have you do. Yeah, you could only do damage with like parry attacks and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it got it got weird, but I thought that was enjoyable. And I I played all three versions pretty much to completion. So that that says something. I probably put at least a hundred hours into all three of them. That's impressive. I didn't mm-hmm. not I wouldn't have guessed you put that much time into it. Yeah, I would say I probably put the least amount of time into the Xbox version, and that's because it was the last one I got. And dare I say at that point maybe I was burnt out. Yeah, and plus just uh playing a fighting game on the Xbox is not a lot of fun to begin with. Yeah, that's true. I played a lot of guilty gear on my Xbox and I remember a lot of blisters. Yeah, it was uh it was a little rough. Not the best. First-person shooters, it's a win. Fighting games, not so much. Yeah. And I think Soul Calibur, the, the, the series as a whole, has actually, as far as mechanics go, has, and uh, other options like the ability to <clears throat> customize your own character, which was introduced in Soul Calibur 3, those were great additions. But I think that they need to try to recreate something like the Weapon Master mode from Soul Calibur 2, because I never felt like they really recreated those very well in the in the uh, other entries in the franchise. I'm hoping that uh, Soul Calibur 6 rectifies that. Or is it 7? Is it 7? The one that's coming out? Uh, it'd be Next 6. Year? 6? Okay. Yeah. So what's yeah, your... I mean, uh, 
Oh, yeah, I was just going to say uh, Soul Calibur 3. Um, unfortunately, I think after 3, it went downhill a little bit with 4 and 5. But yeah, 6 looks like it could be returned to form there. It looks like they're kind of rebooting the series and just starting from the beginning and keeping a lot of features. And it should have been on last episode, I guess. Well, there was still a ton of uh, ton of games we could have talked about last episode. So so what's your, what's your, third, what's your third in your countdown? Well, my third one is going to be uh, pretty freaking controversial, but it is Marvel uh, versus Capcom Infinite. Oh, yeah. That is controversial. And, Tell uh, us why. Tell us why. Well, because it's, I would say, the best playing Marvel versus Capcom game, period. It has the the most ridiculous, awesome tag system. You can just link basically anything together. It took, took kind of um, Street Fighter Cross Tekken's tag system, and it's on steroids. So you can tag in and out any time, but if you do it too much, you're going to get burned for it. And it's just so freaking fun to play. And I know it looks like pure crap, and people don't necessarily, um, they just hate it for that. And the roster is started out as hot garbage, but the roster did get better. And the game always played amazing, even if, you know, Chun-Li and Dante looked uh, like spoof characters maybe in the face. And I wish they would have gone with uh, 3's comic book look instead of the, uh, the Marvel, you know, the MCU look, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because it makes especially all the video game characters like Mega Man look kind of bland. But, man, that game is so much fun to play, and it has a little bit of a learning curve, so I don't think you actually got into it near as much as I did. And time we started playing it together, I was a little bit better at it than you, and I don't think you had a whole lot of fun with it when we played together then. A little bit is an understatement. Um, way better. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I never really got into that one, even though I was very, very excited about it. Marvel's Capcom is probably my favorite fighting game franchise of all time. Infinite was definitely, yeah, it was definitely a letdown. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with you on the graphics. Ultimate Marvel 3, I think, nailed the graphics perfectly for what would represent both Marvel and Capcom. I loved that com- that uh, comic book feel of all of it. That was great. But you're right when you're talking about uh, the game mechanics being so flexible, and they're they're the kind of mechanics that you know people who are just trying to come up with the most insane combos. The mechanics give them just unlimited control on what they can do. Sky is pretty much the limit, and I think. I think the, uh, the subtitle Infinite probably represents a the lot of the combos. Well, <laughs> uh, the, the possibilities. And probably, there's probably, I don't know if there are a lot Actually, of Infinite combos. In I would game. argue that the combo system is so much better than 3's. There's not one-hit deaths anymore, which was one of my biggest problems with 3. Like, if you played against someone that was freaking elite online, you get caught in one combo and you were dead. And that well, was, I think, right. that was I think that, super annoying. The, I, I would imagine the biggest reason for that is because you have two characters. Uh, each character has more health or just the attacks do less damage. And there's a lot more damage scaling on the combos. Both games have the the issue where it can become annoying being caught in combos for, you know, 10 to 15 seconds at a time, if not more, depending yeah, upon the quality basically... of the player playing. Uh, <laughs> if you, Buck said, you know, there's not, you know, one hit, 100% combos, but there's definitely <laughs> a lot of two-hit deaths. 
Yeah, that's can, very, very possible. Most and the definitely so pull off two hit combos. Something, things like that are, are are bound to happen. So it, if it's a very unfriendly game to new players, it's actually the whole series is a very unfriendly series, especially if you're playing online, to come in and kind of try to figure out uh, the gameplay mechanics against people that have been playing it for years. Don't waste your time. Play it offline with a friend really who can a make shame it. That they, yeah, for sure. It's really a shame that they've just thrown in the towel on Infinite because it was it was so ridiculous. Everyone was hating on it, wanting to burn it at the stake when it came out, and now they're like, well, why don't you give us DLC? We love Infinite now. And it's like everyone's come out of the woodwork and claims they like it now. You can't have it both ways. And the community is just so frustrating. Everyone hated it, and it wasn't a good response. And now they stopped support for it, which at least I would imagine. It sure seems like it. And now everyone's like, hey, you should support Infinite. It was a good game. So. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're doing that because they're afraid that if they don't show that support, they're never going to get another one, which is we never thought we'd get Infinite. And yeah. The, I mean, the fact that there's sure. been all that negative criticism about it, I'm sure Marvel's not going to be too happy to put out another one. No, I, and, it would have to be like Capcom versus Capcom next time. I don't see uh, the Marvel characters coming back, which... It's unfortunate, especially with a lot of the characters I know. You know, Captain America for you probably won't be in the next Versus game. Well, that's right. And I, as a lot of people have said, that was one of the biggest issues with Infinite, too. We didn't get any of the X-Men characters, and that those are some of the coolest characters in the Marvel Universe. And that was that was frustrating. So, But yeah, no, I agree with you. It is, it is a very good game. I don't think it's the best in the franchise uh, by any means. But it's not a bad entry, and the fact that the Marvel series kind of has it has that unique take on the formula because it actually plays more like the first Marvel vs. Capcom because it's actually two on two and not three on three like two and three created the formula for. How did you feel about the Power Stones though? That was one thing that I didn't really like about it. Oh, I actually loved them, and especially I always use the Soul Stone on me. It's like an extra life. If you get killed or stuck in a combo, and then you can come back to life and completely turn the tables, I thought that was great. Fair enough. Yeah, that was the only one I really liked. I thought the rest of them were kind of worthless. Now, the, uh, what the heck was the red one that was super OP until they nerfed it right when it came out? Oh, the, the homing one, the homing ball, um... Yeah, I don't remember. I know which one you're talking about, though. Yeah, that was a uh, God. That's gonna bug me now. What the heck was the name of that? And they said it every time. Well, we, well, we, we got time. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. It. Yeah. Well, I actually, I, I, I don't know how you how you felt about X Factor. I know that that was kind of a divisive. X system. Factor on certain characters was uh, just atrocious. X Factor Virgil just. You know, that's just about the worst thing you can possibly imagine on the planet. Right. I, I agree with that. Well, Virgil in normal context was the worst thing on the planet. But I I liked the excitement that X Factor brought to the, the table. I mean, I watching, you know, Evo and watching some of the, the, the fun three-on-one comebacks uh, during the tournaments, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I, I liked uh, leveraging that ability at the at the end of matches where I just I just wasn't playing well, and it gave you the opportunity to kind of make that comeback, even though uh, at that point you were still one character against potentially two or three, and you you know you were still at a disadvantage. 
I think yeah, it, just the uh, the Marvel games in general are probably my favorite games um, to watch in tournament play. Just period, because the like you said, the hype and the ridiculous comebacks just it doesn't get much better than that. And I'm not someone that typically um, watches a lot of streamers. I mean, I watch like Evo and things like that, but I could watch you know high level Marvel pretty much all day. Oh yeah, well, and it's easily the most exciting. It's way more exciting than Street Fighter. That's oh my for gosh. sure. That's like uh, it's like watching. Vanilla pudding. <laughs> Spoilers, not, probably no Street Fighter on this list. Especially past, uh, no Street Fighter Five for sure. I'm just not a big fan of that. Yeah, that that's for sure. I think I think if one was going to make it onto my list, it would probably be Third Strike. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's easily the best one. Four was pretty good too. Four was good. Four by Ultra was good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Third Strike was definitely the most fun, uh, and definitely has the legacy there. So yeah, it's so ridiculously deep. Yeah. So should we move on to my number three? I think so. Never, I I never I never want to cut you off talking about Infinite because you're still you're the last bastion for people. <laughs> I know. So. I'm not gonna get off my soapbox. People need to everyone go buy Infinite, support it. We need more DLC. Dang it. That's right. And I already bought it, so I can't help. So you listeners, get on this. We already spent like 90 bucks on it. <laughs> buying. The yeah, that's true. Getting the season pass game. and stuff. Yeah. It was worth it. I yeah. I enjoy I enjoyed it for what it was, regardless if I didn't get into it as much as you did. Yeah, that was one of the few games that I platinumed out there, and I just played that game to death. That, it was a ton of fun. Well, there you go. Well, speaking of fun, and speaking of potentially a surprise, I don't know. And I think that I think this entry is going to make people think that I only like 3D fighting games, which is not true. Which, yeah, we primarily played 2D fighting games like most. I know, like. right? Well, you know, the this one especially may surprise you, and it may be one that you hadn't thought of, and that's Power Stone Two. Oh, Power Stone Two was amazing. Yeah. Love the Dreamcast, by the way, in case anybody didn't notice. That was the heyday, <laughs> the heyday for fighting games. But Power Stone 2 was, it's hard to explain, like, that was my Smash. I actually like Power Stone more than I like Super Smash Brothers. I know the internet's going to hate me on that. I mean, most of the internet hasn't played Power Stone, but it's, it's definitely, it. it's not as deep, but it's arguably more fun. Oh, it's it's super hectic, and it's basically a three-dimensional version. Like you'll you'll grab random items off of a stage. The stages are interactive. You can jump in vehicles, and the main gist of it is you're just trying to KO everybody on the screen by throwing items at them. Or, as the name suggests, power stones. If your character collects, I believe it's three power stones. They go like Super Saiyan, basically. They transform into their alter ego, and they get all new special powers that are totally overpowering. I mean, you'd literally go Super Saiyan if you were the dude I usually use Wang there. Wang Tang? Like the, yeah, Wang Tang. That was his name. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had a Kamehameha in a um, didn't he? Oh, he definitely had a Kamehameha, and he got a spiky blonde hair after he got all his power stones, too. Yeah, no, that that was awesome. I actually, I think a lot of people actually prefer the original over the second one. I'm not necessarily sure why. The original Power Stone was only uh, 1v1. Power Stone 2, you could have a four-player 
team, you know, matches or just four-player free-for-all. And I just remember just being completely hectic uh, with destructible stages, uh, stages transforming, a lot like the transformable stages in, in Smash Brothers. And one of my favorite things about it, outside of the, you know, the Power Stone system, was the, the there was an adventure mode, kind of like you had in Soul Calibur 2, but the best thing was is you would you would get items throughout throughout the quest, and you'd take them to uh, this like vendor, and you'd combine them into like recipes, and you'd create other items that you could find. And so basically, there was I think there was over a hundred items that you could get to like randomly generate in levels that you could use to defeat your enemies. So like some special ones like. You know, like rocket launchers, things like that, or just like a giant fish that you treat like a baseball bat. All kinds of strange, fun items. I don't really know how else to describe it. It was just a hectic good time, not a balanced fighting game by any means, but I thought it was it was perfect for the Dreamcast and definitely underappreciated. Yeah, with a, a party fighting game, one you could just bring over, people could pick up. I actually remember basically right when you got it, you brought two games over. You brought Power Stone 2. Then you bought the atrocious train wreck of a game called Sonic Shuffle. Mmm. Sonic Shuffle came with my Dreamcast. Yeah. We, uh, oof. We didn't play much Sonic Shuffle that day. No, we, we probably got it out of the Power way first. Because we were I, hoping it was going to be as cool as Mario Party. Well, not quite. Not even at all. No. I don't, I know we didn't make it through a full game, but we put a lot of hours in the Power Stone 2 that day, and I remember, I think it was uh, Miyu, um, Roy, and Monk, which were my uh, brother and cousin, and yeah, we put, for those two to even play a fighting game, uh, besides Smash, pretty much, it has to be uh, pretty friendly and casual, and I remember putting several hours in just with the four of us that night, which isn't, uh, you know, four people that typically play fighting games together, but yeah, it was just a good time to be had by all when we were playing some Power Stone 2. Yeah, and when I was actually doing some research for this game, I figured out one reason why I, I really liked it that I didn't even know it. You can't block in that game. So I was yes. always at an advantage. Because there was no blocking, only dodging, and that must be why I was so good at it. Well, I mean, nothing's worse, period, than a, a block button not using back. I can do okay with back. I don't block a whole lot in general, but when there's a block button like Mortal Kombat, you may as well just, I'm screwed. That's why I was so good that. at Virtua Fighter. <laughs> That's exactly. What it was. That's what it was. And Power Stone 2, if anybody's curious, to, to find it on the Dreamcast, it's actually one of the, the more rare and expensive games on the Dreamcast, if I'm not mistaken. But it did get a re-release on the PSP around 2006 with the first and second game, and it actually has uh, some extra playable boss characters in it. So that's a that's a good way to you know kind of track it down if you'd like to play the game and see what it's like. Although I would definitely suggest on the Dream Dreamcast with you know four of your buddies with controllers because it's going to be hard for you to recreate that experience on the PSP. I mean, I'm waiting for a, a PSP like sponsorship at this point. Every podcast we end up hyping something awesome from the PSP. It was a great system minus the joystick. It was. It was an awesome system. And yes. I mean, even the DS at that time, they were both awesome systems. Yeah, absolutely. I think Sony needs to try again. Need to go past the Vita? Yeah, well, I never really, yeah, I don't, I got the Vita TV. I never owned a Vita, never never gave it a, a fair shake. 
but it didn't have the games that I was looking for. I wasn't looking for unlimited Japanese RPG. And at this point in life, I'm not really either. If it was uh, 10 years ago and there was just more free time, I probably would own a Vita. But yeah, right now, not looking for um, unlimited obscure JRPGs that are usually coming out for PS4 anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I I hope Sony tries again or they... they I, I feel like everybody's going to try to do the Switch formula now, so... Oh, good lord. Uh, I, I don't hate the idea, but, you know, we'll see. Well, you can't, unless they have, like, UMDs. Again, I don't see Sony going to to, di- mm-hmm. or to uh, cartridges. Speaking of UMDs, VMUs. <laughs> Those <laughs> yeah. were fun. Yes. <laughs> That's a different episode, though. We'll, we'll have an episode dedicated to our favorite memory cards. <laughs> Gonna be a it's gonna be an epically downloaded episode right there. Yeah, no doubt. Everybody will be very interested. They'll be like, didn't know there was a difference between them. Screw Pokemon. I'll go to the memory card episode. It'll be like play memory cards, off-brand multi-card memory, memory cards. cards that are bound to delete all of the data <laughs> within the first two months, and then VMEs. It's gonna be a good episode, guys. Watch out. Next month. It'll be fantastic. So I think, let's see, so I've done three. I think you've done three. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that I know one, if not both, of your your next two, and they're probably going to be about the same. Well, I think we both probably share. Well, I I don't know. You go ahead with your number two. We'll see if it's the same as mine. Well, my number two is a game we put a gazillion hours into together and didn't expect to like, but we ended up loving, and that is Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Boom, baby. That's my number two. <laughs> well, then I'm sure number one's the same, too. Tekken Cross Street Fighter? I'm still waiting for it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Although we got the one that I ultimately wanted. Yeah, I mean, the one that played more like Street Fighter instead of more like Tekken. Yes, this is my favorite Street Fighter game. <laughs> yeah, the third Street Fighter game is Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Yes. Which is yes. basically just um, a hyped-up version of Street Fighter 4 with the tag mechanic, which with. pretty much makes any fighting game better. If you eliminate the fact that Infinite has one of the most flexible uh, tagging mechanics, being being the fact that you can do it at pretty much any time during your combo, I would say that Street Fighter Cross Tekken has the deepest tag mechanics of any fighting game that has ever been created. Yeah, especially for two people. I mean, if Infinite was two players, we would have played a ridiculous amount of that game. Oh, for sure. But yeah, Street Fighter Cross Tekken being able to be two players, holy crap. The Just the amount of, the sheer amount of blind tags we gave each other when neither one of us was expecting it, just your friend to eat a combo was amazing. So what Buck is talking about here. Yeah, so you'll basically be doing <laughs> you'll be doing a couple hit combo, and there would in this game there was I, I think you had to hit a specific button, and it was, it was uh, R1. It was R1, and it's called a I, hmm, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Let's just call it a tag because that's all I care to call it. It was like it was, a tag extension, or if you yeah. it was like a one two three, and if you hit one and two, and you hit R1 or R2. Uh, for either the punch or the kick, that would like it would make your your hand like glow purple, and it would uh, be like an uppercut, and it would tag your partner in. And it was called a cross rush. 
Just remember. Oh, that. across Rush, okay. Yeah, you'd launch him in the, in the air, the game would go slow-mo, your other character would pop in, and you had a half second to realize that you got tagged in. And then you could follow up the combo with whatever you wanted to do. Uh, the, the biggest issue <laughs> is that we'd, we'd just do this randomly online. One of us would be, like, on our phone, like, texting or something, <laughs> and, we, and we wouldn't be paying enough attention. So then basically we'd just, like, Hit the other person in the thigh and be like, get on it. You're in. <laughs> yeah, so that you'd be dead before you picked up your controller. Or better yet, if a round just wasn't going, you know, my way, I'd just back up and just do a, just a hard tag and hit, you know, triangle and circle, and then you just run in there to eat a combo. Yeah, just eat a 40% damage combo. That worked pretty well. <laughs> but that is not where the, uh, the tag system ended. There was actually... There was three other pretty uh, important elements to it. You had something called a cross art, which was a a three bar, which was so you could you could store up to three bars of uh, hyper combos, and each each character could use a, a you know a level one on their own in the middle of their combo. But if you had a cross art, it'd be a level three. And what you do if you connected with it, the character that was on the screen would start the hyper combo, but in the middle. They'd tag in the other character, and they'd do some sick animation into the other character, and then they'd do their hyper combo, and it would do, like, I don't I don't know, probably 40%, 50% damage. But it was yeah, another way you could tag the other that. character in. And, and that was the, the safest way, uh, minus just the, the one-two tag combo. Yeah, that probably, actually, I would say the safest way would be the level three cross assault, which was the <laughs> two-on-one. Where you could bring the your the other character in, you know, the other person you're playing with. We could both be on the screen at the same time, so two on one against the other character, and they couldn't do a cross assault at the same time. They couldn't counter it, even if they had the bar. It usually <laughs> usually we didn't get much out of it, but the, but the it concept, awesome. yeah, but the concept of both of us trying to attack the enemy at the same time and then trying to figure out how to defend against our Pretty phoned in offense. <laughs> was, was, yeah, was sometimes we both end up eating like a hyper out of it. Yeah, it was risky, but <laughs> but it it also it also worked sometimes. So you had to figure out kind of like you know who you were matched up against online, what their their skill level was, what kind of you know what they were defending well against, things like that. So, you know, general things you do when you're playing somebody competitively, if that's what you want to call us playing it. We're trying to get a good rank in the game. We got, we got a decent rank at one point. Then we'd have days where we would just total slide and completely suck, and we'd have days where we tore it up. But Well, you also had days where it felt like the game glitched out. And every <laughs> time you lost, you only lost a couple points, but if you won, you got like 500 points. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what Capcom was thinking. For a long time on your account, we'd lose like six points and gain like 30 yeah, something happened, but we did really good that month, <laughs> whatever it was. And so, man, besides the, the cross art and the cross assault, we also had arguably the coolest one. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't so know how you times. feel about it, but Pandora, go ahead and explain it to them. So Pandora, what it is, it's a, a last-ditch effort to win, and you can only use it if you're, I want to say, below like 25%, 20, 25% health. And you hit a, I believe, down, down, in a triangle and circle together, if I remember right. And what you do, you sacrifice yourself 
for your buddy to come in there um, with full meter and about, is it like three seconds or five seconds to go ahead and try and kill the other I person? I actually thought it was like ten seconds game time, but it was actually, it was actually like five seconds real time. But you also had, I don't want to say full meter, you had unlimited meter. To go in. But if you use the if you use the super, didn't your meter disappear or not, or did it grow right back? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure time you used the super, time was up anyway. But <laughs> yeah, that that's true. But they also had, you know, they had like 25, 30 percent increased damage too. So the point was to sacrifice yourself. That way, the other character would have that amount of time to hopefully end the round. But if the time expired. You lost. So it was super risky. And you'd hope your opponent didn't just jump backwards and totally get away from you. Because that was always an option. Unless they and, well, that's what they always did, because it was the best option. Unless I just misstepped my way in there with Kazuya. Yes. You did a lot of Andoring into a turtling guile, which... <laughs> <laughs> um, I've looked on the tier list, and that's the worst way to use Pandora. <laughs> No way. Yeah, but it it works sometimes. But but though, between those three options, there there was a lot of uh, of variations uh, of ways to kind of approach different matches. It, it's hard to explain how unique and how like perfectly timed that game was for us. That was actually one of the, that was around the time that we probably actually hung out the most. We were hanging oh, out I actually like so. several times a week. Yeah. So we that was to, our go to every time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we play that game for probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 hours a week at least. Yeah. And we play online. And one of the cool things, and I, we didn't even, I don't even think we really talked about it, is this, this is a fighting game you can play online, obviously, but you could also play couch co-op, and the second person could play online with you. And this is the only game besides maybe Dragon Ball Fighters at this point. And you can't it's, do any kind of ranking in Dragon Ball Fighters like that. And good luck finding a match because I've tried. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, we did we did that like once, I think, and that was yeah. a fail. But that was an awesome function that they added into that game. And I, I mean, I can probably understand why they don't put it in a lot of games because it's probably not heavily used. But that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was, like you said, that was perfect, especially at the time. That's exactly what we needed. And, yeah, like you said, it was, we were hanging out. I know for a while there I was working a night shift job, and I'd just come over to your place uh, before work started and play for several hours and then just go to work and then rinse and repeat basically the next day. Yeah, we even ran into matches where we would play with somebody who was teamed up with somebody, like someone who was playing on the PS3, but they were teamed up with someone who was playing on the PS Vita. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'd be playing on on you know like my PS3, and it it was just I'm I'm not sure what Capcom was was smoking when they were making the game, but I they need to keep smoking it, yeah, they and they need, need to, to keep being provided because that that game was I don't even want to say it was an evolution, but it was a lot of just good ideas just thrown into a game that I don't know I thought it was more magical than everybody else seemed to think it was. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, they even had, they had customization with gems and stuff that we didn't really talk about. And you could actually customize the color schemes of the characters, too, which at least then you look unique compared to everyone else online. Your um, robot-looking Guile in my, I think, like, blue or something, blue or green Kazooie, oh, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, the customization, <laughs> was, yeah, customization was 
arguably deeper than a lot of MMOs I see these days. So uh, that was interesting. And then they also had, uh, like you brushed over, the gem system, which you could equip your each character. I think it was three gems, right? Yeah, unless you use the level two, then you had two. Ah, that's right. But each gem would basically be activated uh, during you know certain things. Like let's say you use like I don't know ten normal moves. You connect with three special moves. You you tag in your partner a couple times, and you'd get like damage modifiers throughout the match, or you get extra health, or you get regeneration on your health, or you build extra meter. That was a different way to kind of uh, customize you know, how the team dynamic would work. I remember when we played, I would put a bunch of, like, I don't, I I think I either did a bunch of, like, health gems on on my character or I did a bunch of, uh, like, meter gain. That way we'd have a bunch of meter for the end of the match. Yeah, you're, for sure, with Guile, you had the health gems, and then every time I remember, because you usually start and you tag me in, and when you would tag me in with Kazuya, I would automatically start with a power gem just from getting tagged in. If you tagged off a combo, if it was just like a, a blind hard tag, then I was just kind of screwed. But usually tagged off a combo, so. That was genius. And it, you know, that provided like extra layers of teamwork that we could kind of plan. I mean, they even had gyms where they would like enhance Pandora, which is something that we probably used like every 20 or 30 matches. But you could extend the amount of time you needed. You could extend the, you know, the amount of damage your characters did. There was... There was a gem for every situation. That and I think that gem seemed like gold on paper, but, you know, it didn't work out too well most of the time. Yeah, we were excited to try it out. <laughs> um, and, and that was one of the arguments that a lot of people had with the game is uh, there was a lot of paid DLC, uh, especially the characters being locked on the disc uh, when the game came out. I know that was a big hoopla, if you will. But uh, the gems were also something that you'd have to... You know, you'd have to pay for a bunch of some of the specialized ones. And they weren't necessarily too much better than the ones that came with the game, but they were, in some people's eyes, kind of pay to win. I mean, you could you could argue that, but there's enough options where you didn't really, didn't have to. Well, yeah, I mean, you had, like, I felt like in the game you probably had, like, probably 60 gems to begin with, and I, I think they added, a, like, an extra 40 or so that you could download. Or, yeah, they added a ton. Yeah, but I mean, they did that with the colors too. I think you could you could buy extra colors for the customization, and that was a game that a lot of people were kind of sour on the practices that Capcom had around DLC at that time. But we got so much enjoyment out of it that I had no problem dropping money for anything that I wanted. Yeah, we got so much time and enjoyment out of that. It was worth, you know, twice the price, We, which we probably end up putting in, like, twice that price. But Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that game had what, like, oh, would it have, like, six, I want to say, like, 50 characters in it once it was it all was said and done. It was close to it. I mean, it was basically the entire Street Fighter Four roster and then a ton of Tekken characters and a fat Mega Man. Fat Mega Man, Pac-Man, and, Pac-Man. and, and Cole. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about him, yeah. And two cats. And two cats. So were, uh, were those uh, Japanese PlayStation mascots? I believe so. Yeah, it was definitely an underrated game. Um, a lot of cool a lot of cool systems. Oh, God. Do you, did you remember the fact that you could charge supers and get them for free? It's the yeah. only fighting game that's ever done that. Oh, my God. And another thing. They had scramble mode, too. Do you remember that? 
Yeah, everyone's just on the screen at one time, just duking it out. It's like it basically four players Smash Brothers in the in the kind of like a Street Fighter Street Fighter environment. Yeah, it's just that, basically if anyone's played like the the Mugen like a Street Fighter 2D fighting game mods, it's pretty much what it was. Yeah, not something Capcom needed to put in, not something anybody took seriously, but it was a fun distraction if you wanted to try it. So yeah, th- this a was a horrible night of rank, just. Go in there for a while. Yeah. Capcom really knocked it out of the park on that title. And I would be very, very interested to see what they'll do if, if Tekken Cross Street Fighter ever comes out. Uh, you know, they keep saying that, you know, it's coming. But I, I'm not buying it at this point. It's been coming. I mean, my EGM magazine back in 2008 told me it was on the way, and it supposedly still is, so. Sigh. <laughs> yeah. But we got the one that I wanted. I, like I said, I'm not the biggest Tekken fan, but I think it would be interesting, even though we've already have we have seen Akuma in the Tekken series, because we kind of got a a glimpse at what it might be like. And Akuma plays just like Street Fighter Akuma, which is the weird part. Like he plays like a Street Fighter character. I don't know. I mean, I have Tekken Six. I don't know if you bought it or not, but I mean, it still works out. The last Tekken game I got was uh, Tag 2 and 5. I did not get 6. But I heard that he was pretty good and he played well. And I you know, I think that bodes well, but I don't think that that game's ever going to come out. No, I don't think that, uh, that Bandai cares to work too much with Capcom right now. It seems like they're some more of competition than working together with uh, Dragon Ball Fighters coming out right after Infinite. Which I actually thought I would like Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, I do like the game, but I thought I'd like it more than I actually do because it runs into a problem with a lot of the the regular Dragon Ball games or like the Xenoverse series. Kind of feels like where all the characters almost feel like the same. Yeah, I kind of ran into that too. I, I definitely like the game. I think that you know, as far as as fan service graphics, they did. Oh, it they looks knocked epic. It out. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Uh, but I do agree with you. A lot of the characters do feel the same. Uh, there, there's an issue with just being stuck in block stun for too long. That can be annoying if the person that you're playing is a very high level and you're not amazing at defense. But I mean, it's well, the better player should be oriented anyway. I mean, you're basically yeah. if you're not an offense in that game, then you're doing something wrong. It's true. But yeah, I, I'm on the same boat with you. Uh, you're. Not going to see that game on either one of our lists, but we we do we do love it. We love the Dragon Ball uh, series. Yeah, for sure. And we were. I cannot explain to anybody how excited we were when that got announced. Oh my that gosh, was, that, that was, was, just came out of nowhere too. Yeah, yeah, that was a hell of a tingle down my spine when I saw that trailer <laughs> at E3. I was like, what? What? And. I can't say the game necessarily disappointed me because I I didn't have a ton of expectations. I knew it was coming from Arc System Works. who would made a lot of great fighting games that I'm sure you won't see on this list either. They make ridiculously deep fighting games. Yeah, but so shout out to Guilty Gear and did I say that right? Guilty Gear and Blast Blue. <laughs> great series of fighting games there. I love Guilty Gear. Love the the art style and Dragon Ball is the best looking game they've put out. Yeah, I mean both those. I and mean, they're texting me right now. Obviously, like, yeah. put Dragon Ball on the list. Yeah, they're just like, here's some money. <laughs> I mean, Capcom did just, you know, put out the another King of Dragons after we talked about our co-op episodes. So you know they're listening. Yeah, 
Konami, you want to listen too? <laughs> yeah, be nice. I feel like I called it out every episode. So I think they're going to take us down. I think, yeah, they're definitely going to take us down. Cease and desist. Yeah. This may just be the the Buck gaming connection here shortly. I'll have to use, uh, like, Monster Reborn or Call the Haunted to get you back some video <laughs> references there. That's deep. Very <laughs> deep. All right. So that was both of our number two. I don't know if you have anything more you want to say about that game. I think we pretty much covered everything there. I think we did cover literally everything. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, we'll, we'll just go to me. I'll go with my number one. And, and I'm sure it's my number one, too. Probably so. Um, sticking with the Dreamcast, I, this was one of the most, this, this was easily the most ambitious fighting game that I'd ever played when it came out, and that's Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Uh, for the Sega Dreamcast came out around, uh, 2000? Yeah, it came out arcades in 2000 and Dreamcast, I believe in 01. It may have been 2000. I think it came out Dreamcast in 01 though, and it was literally the reason I bought a Dreamcast. That's a good reason. And I actually think it was the very first fighting game that we ever played in the arcade together. Oh, it was. And I mm-hmm. thought I was going to freaking destroy you, and out of nowhere, you freaking owned me. I just, I just owned this kid that was freaking playing there in the arcade, some random dude, and I freaking go up there and own him with, like, Iceman and Cable and Ken, and then you don't even play fighting games. You come up there and wipe the floor with me with Amigo. Mega Man, Hulk, and Venom, I thought. Oh, was Venom? It wasn't Amigo or Amigo? Or no, 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 that was later. He was on my team on the Dreamcast, or one of my teams. At least you, the initial you one. on your team? It's a weird choice. It, no, it was a weird choice. I got beat by Hulk. <laughs> you did. You did, and it wasn't in uh, Marvel 3. It's worse than I thought. Yeah, absolutely. But Marvel, Marvel's Capcom 2, great in the arcade, great on the Dreamcast. Uh, two-player fighting game, 2D, obviously. Uh, an amazing uh, mismatch of tons Everything. of characters. Yeah, just like, if, you could, if, if there was a character, a 2D sprite that was already in a fighting game from the Marvel or Capcom side, they threw it in this game. And did not care about balance. <laughs> no balance at all. And that was fine. That yeah, made I mean, the we game didn't play fun it at and the exciting. extreme high level there, so it's actually not a great one to watch super high level Marvel 2 because there's only a few ridiculously broken characters. But I mean, if you just take it for what it is and have fun with it, I mean, it was like the, like Pokemon kind of is the gateway drug for fighting games, really, especially for you. I mean, I like Street Fighter and stuff before that, but holy crap. That took it to a new level. Yeah, no, I liked some fighting games before that, but this was the the first fighting game that I played that I would have put on, and probably still will, put on like a top ten games list of all time. I remember playing the playing this in the arcade with you, and then uh, I, I don't know if it was that day or, you know, probably at some point that week we went back to your house, and you had Marvel vs. Capcom 1 on the PS1, I believe. We mm-hmm. went back and played that. And I remember that was just like this is this is not the same. Actually, Although, story time. The uh, the very next day, this was my birthday weekend in 2001. The very next day, like when I got birthday money and everything, I had some money saved up. I bought a Dreamcast and Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. That is, it may have been later that weekend. It's probably the next weekend when you came over. We played some Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I was going to say, I remember very distinctly that we went back and played Marvel vs. Capcom 1 after that. That was probably that night, because we were hanging out, um, 
with the arcade there, and then we came back to my place for the rest of the uh, birthday festivities. And that's when we probably played Marvel's Capcom 1, and that convinced me enough to, you know, take the plunge on the Dreamcast. Yeah, I don't... I mean, there's a ton of reasons to get a Dreamcast, but I, I think as far as either one of us are concerned, this is the number one reason. Yeah. Even though you can get this game on... Let's see here. At this point, the PS2, Xbox, Xbox 360, and PS3. Yep, and I have it um, on PS3 again. Yeah, um, I, I think I downloaded it on there. I'm sure I did. One thing oh, you that did. I, oh, you did because we played it at your place. So you know what's on the hard drive. Obviously, <laughs> I don't. One thing that I really loved about the original on the Dreamcast, which gets lost in translation with those versions is I always got highly addicted to a game that I liked when I had, you know, like unlockables or like goals to, you know, to get something shiny at the end of the road. And Marvel vs. Capcom 2 has the most unlockable characters, costumes of any fighting game I've ever played. You start the game with 24 characters. The game has 56 characters. You do the math, there's 32 unlockable characters to earn. And then you also unlock, I don't know if it's just one or maybe two uh, alternate outfits for each character. But what the way you do that is you play through arcade mode pretty much over and over and over again. And last time I checked, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, my Dreamcast file was well over 100 hours before it got deleted. Yeah. You were, were you there that night when that happened? We loaded it up and it wasn't there? Yeah, we were trying to play it. And that was another one of those um, generic memory cards. Yeah, maybe we can do that memory card episode. We do our favorite memory cards and then we just talk about all of the game files that we <laughs> that lost. lost. Yeah, or maybe just, just that I lost. I lost several of them too on, just on PlayStation. Don't ruin it. Don't <laughs> ruin it. But yeah, Marvel's Capcom 2 was just... It was ridiculous. It seemed like, especially then, kind of like even we talked about Pokemon, unlimited possibilities for a team. I mean, Marvel's Capcom 2 seemed like that, too, when that was the first game to have that many characters. I mean, what you said, like 56 characters? 56, yeah. Oh, well, you got two Wolverines, so 55. Clearly, we need two Wolverines. Yeah. I don't know how many people I tried out for that, like, third slot on my team, but I think oh, it's yeah, still open. Yeah, I was going to say it probably is. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first three-on-three -three fight yeah. game ever? Especially, so. especially with live tag. I mean, you had games, I don't know, I'm sure King of Fighters had like a three-on-three kind of like... It did, but you couldn't situation. tag. I mean, it was just, right. you pick your people and this guy fights this guy, and then if he survives and he gains a little health and fights another dude the next round. Right. So, and, just a, a bit of a history lesson... This is the first fighting game that also um, included character assists and character assist selection. Yeah, that's true. For Because in Marvel vs. Capcom, the original, it would uh, randomly scroll through and you would uh, just hit a button at the right time to try and get the assist you wanted. And it only had limited uses, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I would always try and scroll through and land on the Forgotten Worlds guys. That's Usually they work. were the coolest. <laughs> they Not because they were the best. They were pretty good. Though. They were pretty good, though. They weren't. But, they weren't terrible. Yeah. So Marvel's Capcom 2, with this giant roster of characters, it, you know, it 
it asked you to find your three favorite characters. And then once you found the three favorite characters you chose, them, then you selected one of three assists for each one of their characters. And all of these assists were different, and you could tag in the characters temporarily while your main character was fighting and they'd perform their attack. You could bring in the other, you know, your third character, they could do that too. On top of that, I mean, while you couldn't necessarily combo your other characters in mid-combo, like mid-basic combo, you could do something called a, um, how, what was it? Delayed hyper combo. Thank you. Yep. Delayed hyper combo. <laughs> your main character uses the, one of the hyper combos that you, uh, you input. And then you input another one while that animation's going on for another one of your characters. They'll do that one shortly after, and it kind of builds on top of each other. And you can do, I, I guess, up to three in a row. Or you can do all three at the same time by just hitting L and R at the same time on the Dreamcast controller, which was very satisfying. Yeah, it looked epic. It wasn't as, as good it depends. Know, damage it depends wise, upon, It depends upon your, on your, uh, your team setup. Some well, of it's them tough work. to hit. It's tough to hit everybody, like for everyone to hit square on one person to do a triple. I'm telling you, <laughs> Iron Man, War Machine, and Gambit were doing some sick damage. Or Iron Man, War Machine, and Cable. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's it. Even better. But yeah, like I just remember going through arcade mode over and over again, unlocking new characters, and then just being like. Who do I want? And then just playing with those characters, trying to add them to the team, trying to figure out what composition I'd like. Obviously, we both knew a lot of the characters that we liked in previous fighting games, so we kind of brought those in because we, you know, we feel comfortable with them. For example, pretty much every Street Fighter game, I'll play Guile if he's available. And I'm playing Ken. Yeah. And they're both in this game. Perfect. Character one figured out. And I believe that was probably the first character that was ever permanently on my team. And it took me a while to figure him out, because I remember I was using Iceman before you ever used Iceman. Oh, Iceman is so awesome. Iceman is OP as hell. <laughs> He's your worst enemy. You know, he he is. Let me let the world know, in case they don't know. He doesn't take chip damage. And if anybody doesn't know what chip damage is, when a character blocks and they're taking damage from a special move or a hyper combo, they'll still take a little bit of damage. Except for Iceman. No, not Iceman. He doesn't need to. Yeah, he's too much of a bamf to do that. Yeah, so. he's too good for that. And then you hear Ice Beam spam constantly. It's great. Yeah. You know, he was a good character, for sure. And then, yeah, you, you were using Cable pretty much from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cable was was the ranged damage master. I remember that. Well, him and Iceman, your team's annoying as hell. My team was so cheap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. But if you got in on him, then uh, it was rough. Cable was not good close range. Iceman could still hold up, but Cable, no. Not at all. Yeah, my, yeah, I don't remember Guile having much of a chance against those characters, but I would say the other my other two favorite characters in that game... Uh, besides Captain America, who's one of my favorite characters in the series, would be Captain Commando and Jin. Is it is Jin's last name Satomi? Is that what it is? Yes, it is. Yeah, you you were freaking good with Jin. Oh, I love Jin. Uh, he was he's he's very unique. He's also a charge character like Guile, except he's completely offensive. I think in one reason you I think you were so good with him is because no one except you in the universe I don't think uses him. So 
That's true. I, I think he's 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 a hidden secret, and he's mine. Don't use him. That's, <laughs> that's all I've got to say. Uh, a lot of cool moves. Um, and I mean, he drives a mech everywhere, so he randomly strips. Yeah, he does randomly strip. It. He's he's a fun character. There's a ton of fun characters in this game. It, if if you like a character or a couple characters from Street Fighter, and that's kind of your jam, you can fill out your team with that, no problem. And then you want to add a Mexican cactus to your team? You throw them on there. Yeah, you throw a Mingo on, who is one of three original characters that were created for this game. A Mingo, my favorite sombrero wearing cactus, who I had Odor Eater. Yeah, Odor Eater. <laughs> I believe his triangle is, is like heavy punch. He says o- odor eater over and over again, which I'm sure is not what he actually says, but that's what we always thought it was. <laughs> it sure sounds like it. Yeah. And then the other two characters were Ruby Heart and Sun Sun, I believe. Those, um, those... Sun Sun is actually from a, an old Capcom arcade game. Ruby Heart I, is an original. I think Sun Sun is actually original, too. Oh, really? Well, no, she... Her... I. I think she's like a daughter of the character that was actually in the game you're thinking of. I think I actually looked that up ahead of time. But I could be wrong. I may have got that off Wikipedia. (laughs) Who knows? I mean, she may be original, too, but she's at least based on a game. The other two were... Well, yeah, she's based on, you know, like, is it Japanese folklore? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she's basically Goku. Goku. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She she turns into a giant ape. She's got the uh, the extendable bow staff. Doesn't she's pretty bomb. Yeah, and she eats a lot of food. She's a pretty cool character. I actually liked all the original characters. I thought Ruby Hart was pretty cool too. She was my least favorite of them. Yeah. Well, she was just kind of just this badass pirate chick who had some like magic spells and. Yeah, I thought she was actually just a regular Marvel character for the longest time. I just didn't know. Well, the way she designed that was that was easy to feel that way about her. Ah, a lot of good memories with this game. I feel like I have, I feel like we have less to say about that than Street Fighter Cross Tekken, but I think there was just less systems involved. In yeah, that and game. Street Fighter Cross Tekken's also more recent too. That's true. The, the, if I had to pick a fighting game to go back to on any given day, it would, it would definitely be Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And and nothing against Marvel vs. Capcom 3, um, which is I, also I, a great game. Yeah. Absolutely, and I actually prefer that one over Infinite. Um, Which I don't. <laughs> right, and I think uh, I actually liked the roster of three a little bit better. Well, uh, that's a given. I mean, where's my Doctor Doom foot die if I need that in Infinite? Come on. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I don't, like don't, even, have team, so I don't even have a team in Infinite. I can't figure out who I like in that game. They took all my characters out. I got Sigma and Winter Soldier, and that's all I need. I can't play. I don't. I don't even like Captain America in that one. That's my least favorite iteration. He, he looks plays cool. basically the same. <laughs> yeah, but he looks stupid. <laughs> well, so does the whole roster. Yeah. So this is why I can't play it. <laughs> but but Marvel three, uh, while I don't have as many fond memories of it as I do of two, I do remember a lot of excitement for that game coming out because it was a long time coming. What was? It was well over. Yeah, 10, it was, uh, 12 years. It was uh, 2000 to 2010, I believe. Yeah, and then we got, um, was it Ultimate Ultimate? a year later? <laughs> yeah, which added 12 additional characters. You know, that was just uh, an extra little bonus there. It was also a three-on-three fighting game, much like Marvel's Capcom 2. Didn't really... 
And it, it didn't mean, really move the series forward at all. No, it, it still looks, I mean, it still looks better than Infinite, arguably, even though it's a, a system, a generation behind, and the graphical style just is more stylized, so it holds up better. It, it's super fast. I mean, it's probably the fastest playing. I don't know, Infinite's kind of quick, too, and you can react quicker, but it's it's super broken, which even more so than... I don't it's know. Not it's more really broken. a good time. It's not more broken than two. I mean, at least they no, were able it's to like, not more patch broken the game. Than two. They could definitely patch things in. I mean, they still need to patch Virgil. I'm still waiting on that, but I think it's a little late for that. I don't. <laughs> but no, it's it's a great game too, and it just that's definitely I'd say both our favorite series overall, just the Marvel vs. Capcom series for fighting games. But I don't like the odds of it coming back. It's been a it's been a tough series to be a fan of because we've always just kind of it's always been a question mark whether the next game's gonna come out. I always kind of figured Infinite would come out with as popular as Ultimate uh, Marvel Three was, but it took so there long was, and with the there was you know, such a backlash though. I mean, there wasn't that kind of backlash with Marvel Three as there was Infinite. No, and you know I think a big reason for that was just you know the. The way that Marvel is now, you know, just how much clout they demand. Yeah, Marvel, Disney, whatever you want to call them, is uh, the overlord now. Yeah, I, I think they may have held the game back to a certain extent. But well, I, I'd say that's a safe bet. I mean, there's no X-Men in there, and everyone in it's from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they all uh, look like they were ripped out of the movie instead of actually looking like they were ripped out of the comic book, like in 3. Yeah. And then, which is okay for those characters, but then when you um, try and make Mega Man look like he just walked out of an Avengers movie, it starts looking ridiculous. Well, I don't know. I think Mega Man looks pretty sweet in that game. Well, I mean, Zero, for sure, from 3 to Infinite looks worse. Uh, well, I didn't actually think X or Zero, I think they were actually probably the the best represented during okay, the transition. Okay, well, we're moving to Dante. How do oh, yeah, Dante, Dante and Chun Li? How do they look? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a different story. Awful. <laughs> as a huge as a huge fan of Dante and being one of my favorite fighting game characters of all time, even though I don't use him on my team because he's so complex, I, I can't wrap my head around him. He was an ugly duckling in that game. Yeah, and as uh, someone that just hates Dante, Dante, <laughs> Dante, Dante and Virgil, I was okay with that. He's still probably one of the top-tier characters in that game, unfortunately, because he has a ridiculous amount of moves. Somebody's got to have more than five special moves, and Dante just needs 40. But, Obviously. But, uh, yeah, we've over the years, we've just played pretty much all of the, the majority of the most popular fighting games, and even some of the most uh, unpopular fighting games, be it from, you know, like the Nintendo 64 all the way back into the... Uh, the Super Nintendo days. We've we've played some, we've got some highs and definitely a lot of lows. And I think a lot of people that are listening may be disappointed in the fact that we didn't talk about any of like the NetherRealm Studio games. We both think those are good games, be it Injustice or Mortal Kombat. And especially with the storytelling, I mean, the story modes are why I play those games. Those are really freaking good. Oh, you know, they they're they're definitely at the top of their. Uh, the bucket Fighting on those. Heap, yeah. Yeah. My my issue with not even just the Nether Realm games, but just kind of like Mortal Kombat in general. 
I always felt like the way the characters controlled, there was always just like a stick shoved so far up the character's butt that like they didn't control right. It was always too stiff. And nothing looks fluid either. Right. I mean, everything just looks, how do you just call it awkward? It, yes, it's awkward in the way it animates. It's it's awkward in the way that it controls. I can I can still respect the fact that they are high quality fighting games because you can tell that you know a lot of the most recent Mortal Kombat games and we we've both played them. They are good games, but they're yeah for sure. They just they don't feel as good in our hands. I think. I mean, anytime there's a block button. It's not gonna feel as good, but yeah, I mean, they're just there's just something there, and they're just not our cup of tea. And that's not to say anything about them being bad games or anything like that. They're great games, but just not gonna be on uh, my favorite list personally. Yeah, and I'm glad those games exist for other people who will definitely enjoy them. And and one thing I can definitely give them kudos for is uh, for all the fighting games that we've played recently over the last like you know five six years. There's some of the games with the the very very best single player experiences. Mm-hmm. Lot lots of good content there. So uh, you know, don't hate on us for not including the you know those games or like Killer Instinct. I know I know Buck, you're a huge fan of the Killer Instinct games. Yeah, I mean, especially, especially the new one. Yeah, that game is it. It just kind of sucks that I got um, an Xbox One basically at the end of last year, and a lot of that audience is uh has died off for Killer Instinct. So when I, I kind of jumped into the deep end of the pool when I uh, started playing it, because there's not a lot of... Uh, it's kind of be like if someone started playing Marvel Infinite right now and there's just not a huge player base, the people that are left are really freaking good, which is not very uh, good for a new player starting out. Yeah, Killer Instinct, yeah. is it's fun. It's almost like a super complicated game of rock, paper, scissors. A lot of times combo breakers, but it's a really fun game. Yeah, I would say it's actually a pretty decent starting point, you know, minus the the online aspect of it, because you'll find that with most games. If you're not if you're not playing the game within the first six months of it being released, you're going to run into the issue where you're going to be left with a a small population of people that just really love the game and have have mastered it to a degree that someone that hasn't picked it up already will never get to. And I'm I really want to try out the Blaze Blue cross tag battle too. I mean, the thing holding me back is obviously all the paid DLC, which I don't want to do, and the game still costs like fifty bucks on top of that. But it looks really cool, and it, it the tag system's ba- basically Marvel Infinite and a two D arc system works fighting game. So it looks fun. I want to try that out too one of these days. It, is the main point that's holding you back the cost, or is it also the fact that while the Blaze Blue games, or Blaze Blue, whatever you want to call it, are are quality games. They've never been a series that you've ever really gotten into. I, I mean, it's both of those, and I know they have like the Persona Arena games. I love me some Persona, but those games play a little bit. Uh, they're a little bit easier to pick up and play, but I feel like they would probably dumb down the mechanics a little bit for um, a tag battle game. But I'm not sure. The main thing holding me back is I'm not going to pay full price for a game and then have to buy $30 of DLC. I'm going to have to be really freaking invested in the game like Marvel for that to happen. We could probably wait until like the fourth version of that game comes out with all the DLC included. That's my plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not a bad way to look at it. I mean, most fighting games at this point come out with a 
Super Ultimate Collector's Edition. Season Pass. Oh, awesome. Yeah, those those two. I mean, you do whatever you want. Uh, (laughs) We we tend to buy them when they first come out, especially if they're ones that we were really looking forward to. And and even games like when Guilty Gear came out on the the PS4, we were both blown away by the the graphics on that game. That's still absolutely beautiful. I know... I don't know if you picked it up right when it came out, but I know I did, and... It, oh, I did. It's... It was... Guilty Gear has always been a fighting game. Fighting game is <laughs> a little uh, more difficult to learn. It's got deeper mechanics than I'm usually willing to put the time towards to figure out, be it between just, like, the, the really long uh, button combinations that you have to string for the combos, uh, Roman cancels... Triangle jumping in the middle of combos. There's, it, the Guilty Gear series is, is is pretty complicated, but it, I've also heard it's very rewarding, and that's just on me for not putting in the time. Yeah, I mean it's the same way, and it doesn't. It's not as flashy as say Marvel vs. Capcom. You can do a lot of things in a Marvel vs. Capcom game, and it's not very complicated. Where to do uh, something even close to that in Guilty Gear is going to take a lot of work. All the respect for the people who play that game competitively. Well, actually, any fighting game competitively at this point, because I've I've never been anywhere near that level on any of the games that I've played. And bring some of it to Evo, I will be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure there's room for you if it ever comes back. <laughs> I'm sure there will be. I'll be in top 16 by default with no one showing up. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got it next year. No big deal. Well, maybe you'll, maybe you you can go for uh, Smash Ultimate. Next year. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to happen. Maybe cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that'll about wrap it up for our episode on our favorite fighting games of all time. Um, I think Buck has something that he'd like to share about our new Twitter account. Yeah, we actually just got a Twitter set up this afternoon, so we can go ahead and interact with all you guys. And our Twitter handle is at Gaming. So go ahead and uh, give us a follow there and uh, tweet at us. Let us know what you thought of really any episodes, and we'd be glad to hear from you, and we'll uh, tweet you back and interact there with you. Um, Any feedback's welcome. And also, we are on uh, SoundCloud and the iTunes App Store. So go ahead and uh, give us a download. Check us out there. As we always are. And definitely let us know what your favorite memory cards are of all time. That way we can have that ready (laughs) for our, our upcoming episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Let us let us know if you guys are liking our content, obviously. Yeah, give and, us any uh, thoughts, too, if you'd like to see any certain things covered. Any ideas, maybe? Yeah, we've definitely got a lot of ideas in the pipeline, but we can definitely use a few more. And there's definitely a lot of ground to cover uh, when it comes to video game and just nerd culture in general. <laughs> and as always, I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And you've been watching the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. Probably listening to it, honestly, but <laughs> maybe watching it. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe just listen to it, but try to watch it. Probably <laughs> not going to go up on YouTube. Appreciate everybody coming out. Have All right, one. thanks, guys.